0: Hello and welcome to Should Have Listened to My Mother. It's a podcast and my name is Jackie Tantillo. Should Have Listened to My Mother. Some people say yes, some people say no, some people said I did and look what happened to me. (laughs) You never know, but sometimes looking back, you get some sort of insight. Are you who you are because of your mother? Are you who you are today in spite of her? And we're going to talk a little bit about all that right now. My first guest for today's podcast is Lisa Norwitz-Stam, and she has been involved uh, with nonprofit organizations for decades. And I welcome you, Lisa, to Should Have Listened to My Mother. Thank you, Jackie. I appreciate that. It's such a pleasure to have you sharing your experiences with me tonight, because I, I know you as a mom. But I don't know much about your parents, but in doing my research, I know you work for a wonderful organization by the name of Project Sunshine, and you've been there for, what, over 15 years?
1: Yes, yes, I have. So Project Sunshine um, is a children's organization, and we provide free educational, recreational, and um, social programs for children that are hospitalized. And we're in almost every Healthcare facility, Khan Hospital in the Tri State area. We have over 18,000 volunteers and we provide services to over 100. And I think it's 80,000 children and families per year with our
0: services. So give us an example of what exactly you would do in, in trying to make these kids, it's not just young kids, it's teenagers too, young adults, that you try and make their day a little bit brighter when they're in a health care facility when they're ill.
1: So yeah, so we're all about adding fun and bringing joy and relief to the children and families that are hospitalized. It's all about the family-centered care approach. We have different groups of volunteers. You can volunteer whether it's um, yourself as a community or there's a few hundred corporate volunteers where groups come in and volunteer. In a the hospital, they can also do projects at their office. Um, in addition to that, we have college volunteers. There's not a thing that you can imagine worse than having your child be in a hospital. And our volunteers, what they try and do is kind of work with the children, and whether it's an arts and crafts project or a music project.
0: So it can be a very lonely time and a very difficult time for, let alone a, a little baby to a toddler, even to teenager, to have to undergo all the treatments and the protocol when you're very sick. So I can only imagine that this can only have a positive effect, and that's was what the objective of the founder was, to try and brighten the day of these sick Kids, when he started this, is it Joe Walgus? Is that how you pronounce yes. his name? Started Project Sunshine when he was in shock of how much these kids needed some uplifting, and and didn't he bring come back with a clown costume on or something to entertain? Yes, them? <laughs> yes,
1: he started. Um, thank you for bringing that up. Joe Walgus, when he was at Yeshiva University, realized there was a need to be filled that you know these children would be alone. Their parents, a lot of them. The population, they're at poverty level or below, and the parents have two jobs. You know, they can't visit them all the time, so he would get some of his friends to volunteer, and that's how the first college chapter was formed. Then when he went to his first job at um, Price Waterhouse Coopers and um, American Express as well, that's when the first two corporate chapters were formed. He realized there was a need, and that's what Project Sunshine does. We match the needs. That's what's unique about our organization. We really match the need of the volunteer with the hospital. So volunteers, some people can volunteer during the day, some people can volunteer at night, and we try and match the opportunity for the volunteer, you know, and the facility. And, you know, these children are so inspirational, the volunteers. Um, I can still remember the first time I volunteered thinking, this is going to be great, I'm going to make a difference, and it's going to be wonderful. And then you go there and you volunteer and you see how brave these children are, and they, they actually, you know, laughing, having fun, making you forget that they have an IV connected to their arm and that they have a medical challenge and really how fortunate we all are. That's a constant reminder and that little zap that you get is sort of almost like a selfless secret that you leave feeling, wow, that just made my life better. When I started at the organization, it was an organization of, of four and um, <laughs> so it's, oh, it's a lot great. bigger. We've been very fortunate over the years that I've been with the organization and you know we've grown... A lot, and it's really with the the support of uh, lots of generous individuals, corporations, and of course our incredible volunteers, children that are able to volunteer. They can go to our website at um, projectfunshine.org.
0: And was your mom involved in this kind of non for profit work at all, or how did she influence your life, your mom?
1: Well, my parents were divorced, so um, both of my parents were divorced and remarried. By that time, um, each were married to someone else, so she had a different lifestyle and um, was also a different type of personality. I'd like to call her a free spirit. Um, She was very upbeat, always positive and happy, however, not a traditional mother role model. She didn't really have a traditional mother role model. Her um, Her father died when she was four. And her mother worked a lot, and she lived with her grandparents, so her grandmother was around a lot, but she really didn't get that type of...
0: Nurturing that, a, a typical mom.
1: Exactly. So, um, she was left on, you know, her own a lot and um, had, I think, difficulties, I realized, becoming a parent, you know, having a better understanding, you know, how challenging her life was, and she did the best she could, um, and... She was really only married to my father for a short time. Um, they got divorced when I was about a year old, and then she remarried a few years later. But um, they always were very civil. Again, in hindsight, I realized this. I didn't know from anything else, but they were always extremely civil about each other and never said an unkind word um, really, you know, when I was going through that and growing up. So, She's from
0: um, Colorado originally, your mom, right?
1: She, well, she actually is from Philadelphia, but she ended up, her husband, her last husband, number three, um, she met in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and um, and my father is on his third wife, by the way, now, too. Wow, third but, time's um, a
0: charm, I hope.
1: Yes, I think so. <laughs> I mean, that, they influenced me. It, I waited a little bit to get married, um, I think, because of that whole thing, but um, no judgments. You know, I think, who knows what happens, but... Uh, So, yeah, so my mother, she met actually her husband who was in the restaurant business um, in Philadelphia, and then he opened a restaurant in Colorado, and she moved there with him, and then she had been sick, and um, I guess a few years after, she passed away um, when I was uh, 34.
0: Wow, your mom, she was very young.
1: Um, yeah, she she was
0: actually 54 when she passed away. Oh, my goodness. She was very young. Was she a free spirit when you were growing up with her, or did she be, was she able to become more of a free spirit when she remarried for the second time?
1: She, um, I would say she might have been conflicted, but she was always a free spirit and always had a very sweet disposition. I didn't have such a great understanding as to her challenges until I was older and really became a mother and I think a lot of from what I hear from my friends and of my own experiences I that I really appreciate with both parents, although not perfect and I think, you know, we all tend to blame any problem with blame that we have or that we don't like, you know, you put that on the parent, but um I realized how you know, that the guidance she was given that's also a part of who she was, who she became as a person. And um she did the best she could at the time.
0: Did you know your maternal grandmother?
1: I did. I did know my maternal grandmother, and she was also she was always very kind to myself and my siblings. But she was not always very kind to my mother. And she was, you know, revolutionary for her in her day. She was a buyer for a department a department store in Philadelphia called Lit Brothers. She worked a lot.
0: Your grandmother. My grandmother. Yeah, wow. her
1: name was Stacey Schultz.
0: So she was a buyer, working, and she was taking care of your mom.
1: Well, she actually, when she wasn't working, and this is just what I hear from my, what I've heard from my mother, that when she wasn't working, she was often out going out on dates. So she wasn't, she wasn't. I mean, I remember her being home when she was older, spending a little bit of time with me, like and, and spending time with her when she would come home from work at
0: night, like in her room. I would spend a lot of time with her,
1: but. When my mother was young,
0: she didn't get that type of nurturing was your mom on her own a lot, yeah, like being rambunctious, or what kind of personality did she have? That's overwhelming, that's scary as a kid,
1: yeah, she definitely I think was very lonely um and um I think that a lot of her challenges came a lot of her challenges came because of that or happened because of that um You know, I think it it shaped, and she did, as I said, I think she did the best she could and always had a very sweet disposition.
0: So are you who you are because of her or in spite of her?
1: I would say parts of me are in spite and parts of me that I can't control. I feel like she's up there laughing her head off every time she hears, Every time she looks down and sees me bawling my eyes out over something happy that's happening or getting emotional, because I used to be super embarrassed, and she would, you know, very, she would cry at different commercials and things like that, and just be emotional towards me and over affectionate. Um, I think she she was a little bit overly sensitive, so I, I know I can tend to go that way, and I try not to, but um, in hindsight. One of the things that I do appreciate that she she said and um, expressed to me was when I was pregnant with my first son son, and I was nervous about um, doing all the right things and not knowing what to do and um, just really anxious about being a mother and she said, "Um, Lisa, the most important thing that you ever have to worry about doing for your child is just to love them completely and wholeheartedly love them. And at the time, I thought it was a little bit kind of sort of trite advice, and I didn't have a lot of respect really just for her, um, you know, at that time in my life. But after she passed away and um, having to, she passed away three weeks before my um, eldest was born. And so I had time to reflect, and I realized that information was really valuable and very profound. As basic
0: ed- as it seems. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, right? And and this is the common thread that I, the people that I've been interviewing for this podcast should have listened to my mother. Is that the simplest ideas or lessons that they try to instill in us seem to be the most profound and the most intelligent and the most worthwhile? But we don't seem to get it right away, right? Sometimes it takes a while <laughs> for things to s- That's so true to, s- that's so to true. sink in. Um, but boy, that's a pretty powerful lesson from a, a woman who didn't have that, and maybe that's how she learned that.:
1: I think that's, yeah, I think that's an accurate assessment.
0: Wow, pretty amazing. And what is your mom's name?
1: My mom's name um, is Sonia, actually my sister Robin named her daughter after her, which is really wonderful to know that she's honored in that way.
0: Oh, That's the best. I was going to say, she unfortunately, she passed right before your first son was born. If you had had a girl, perhaps you would have made that choice as well. But my father-in-law passed away a week before my first son was born, so he's named after that. Oh, so wow. finally, and my second son is named after my dad, who died a month before he was born. Sonia, right? Yes, yeah, Sonia. I can't thank you enough for sharing your story, Lisa. And thank you so much for all of your work at Project Sunshine. If you're not familiar with the organization, please Google it. It's easy enough to find, and maybe you'll even get interested in doing some volunteer work or your company or corporation or your family. Family group can go and volunteer, I'm sure. I'm Jackie Tantillo. You're listening to my podcast, Should Have Listened to My Mother. So we're just speaking with Lisa Stam from Project Sunshine. She spells her name L-I-S-A, and my next guest is Lisa Anderson, and she spells her name with two E's. It's spelled L-E-E-S-A. Was that their moms that decided which way to spell their name? Was my mom involved in my life as much as in Lisa Anderson's or Lisa Stam's? Well, I guess we're going to find out. So right now, I'd like to introduce you to Lisa Anderson. She's got an interesting story to tell about her mom who lived through the Depression. And I want Lisa to tell us about Mary Jane Yaksik herself. Hi Lisa, how are you? Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. So you mentioned a couple of words that immediately struck a chord with me, about determination and being thrifty. And um, I think that's a great combination, especially having lived through the Great Depression, as you mentioned both your parents did.
2: Yes. Well, um, it's it's funny. You know how you always say that you you're not going to be like your mother. You're not going to grow up like your mother. And I have two <laughs> sisters, and we used to tease each other. Oh, that's, you're just like mom. But you know, now that she's gone, I realize that what a compliment that is when when somebody tells me I'm just like my mom.
0: Yeah, it's pretty remarkable so, how you you're your attitude changes over time, right?
2: Yes, yes.
0: So in what ways are you like your mom and what ways are you different from your mom? Mm.
2: Well, my, my mom was always the, you know, the favorite one in the, in the house, the, you know, the little girl, everybody catered to her. Uh, and then when she got married to my father, he was in the Navy and she immediately had to move to California with him. Away from her home and her family in Pittsburgh, so it was a big challenge, and you know it was
0: it was hard for her. So, what what year was this when they when she got married?
2: I would say nineteen fifty something, and uh, so they drove cross country to Cal- Alameda, California, where he was stationed at a, a Navy base there, and she was on her own a lot. My father would go out aboard aircraft carriers for months at a time and when she was in california there was a very um you know close-knit base relationship for all of the women she lived on base in, in the housing and she had other wives and such to commiserate with um but
0: just like it's portrayed yeah. in the movies or similar yes,
2: to yeah and uh, When my father, my father actually retired from the Navy, and I don't know what year, my oldest sister would know everything. Um, But he eventually ended up working at Lakehurst Naval Air Station in New Jersey, in Lakehurst, New Jersey. And that's how my family ended up in New Jersey. And at that point, he was still often away from my mother, but my mother didn't drive, and she had a, she had my sister, she had a baby, and she really had, again, she had a really hard time. She was and alone, she was, she
0: was almost like a single yeah. parent, right? It's very hard, even families of military members now, they go through the same struggle, and you have Skype, and you have satellite phones, right. and it's very different, but think of how hard it was then.
2: Absolutely. And, and living in the middle of nowhere didn't help either. I grew up in the chicken tested pine barrens, as my sisters and I call it. And <laughs> so there weren't there, <laughs> there weren't a lot of people. There were no sidewalks or shops that you could walk to. So I think she I think she did a pretty good job with what she had. She didn't learn to drive until I think I was in grade school. And uh so she, she always kind of seemed to be thinking that she wasn't able to do things or do things well. Yet, I thought she was terrific. She was so determined and so hardworking. And her, her life after marriage was so different from her former life. She worked as an executive secretary in Pittsburgh for big wig at Pittsburgh plate glass, as was her older sister, my aunt doll, so you know they would go into work together and pal around together it was it really sounded like a great life, and you know she was had her own money she went wherever she wanted so this this was this was all new to her when she married my father,
0: yeah, maybe she didn't know what she was in for. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't think she did. But then, you know, the challenges came up with her marriage and children and moving away. Her father passed away when she was in California and she had to fly back for the first time in her life. And, you know, this was back in the. 50s uh, with a baby, and <laughs> my sister was such a big baby. She was. We would joke that she was almost as big as my mother because my mother was only five feet tall.
0: Oh my god!
2: At, at her tallest, by the time she passed away, she was smaller than that. <laughs> but um, you know, she really, she really was determined, as I said before, and she accomplished whatever. She, she set her mind to. She learned to drive, got a driver's license later in life, and was—you know—she she was great.
0: She was self-sufficient. She was yes. Very she independent. She was
2: self-sufficient. Right. Yeah.
0: Did you, yes. Was your dad opposed to, to? Was he opposed to her driving or working? Or no,
2: no, he no, not it? at all. It's, it, yes, it's just the fact that she was grown up. She had grown up in a city, where there was public transportation, and then she lived on the base in California. She never had to drive anywhere. It was only till she ended up here in New Jersey that you know, she needed she needed to drive.
0: Sure, especially with kids. Um, oh, oh my goodness. Yes,
2: yes, and uh, and ended up with three kids. And uh, my father started didn't travel as much at that point after my sisters and I were. After my middle sister and I were born, he had retired from the Navy, but then he was working as a civil servant, again, for Lakehurst Naval Air Station, and he worked there until he retired for good, um, sometime back in the 90s. But my mother, we we used to say that my mother could make two cents out of one.
0: Mm, That's brilliant. uh,
2: Yes. She, we, well, actually, we thought she was printing money in the basement. <laughs> but when we when we cleared out their house, we did not find any sort of any sort of devices. We were you a little bit disappointed.
0: Oh my but, goodness! Um,
2: yeah, but she would she would use coupons ferociously, and she would put all the money she saved with coupons in. I think it was a Maxwell House. Coffee can, can, coffee can. Oh my gosh,
0: that's the best <laughs> in the
2: basement. And uh, she would use that to buy us clothes, school clothes for for that that
0: September. Oh my gosh, and that's wonderful.
2: Yeah, and I I feel so guilty. I hardly ever use coupons, except at Macy's. But when I'm at the grocery store, I I don't use coupons and. I, I say myself, I'm sorry, Mom. I feel guilty every time I go to the grocery store. But I, it was amazing the way... You know, we, we did grow up with a lot, but we grew up with what we needed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, we'd be surprised. One Christmas, we woke up, the toys were scattered from the tree up into the middle of the room. It wow. was amazing. When I think back, you know, they saved and worked really hard to give us everything we had and you know (laughs) I remember at college I went to a I went to school in Philadelphia and there were a lot of yuppies and such I was kind of different from most of the kids at my school and I was feeling really kind of low I I wanted to go shopping I wanted something new and I was telling my mother about it and you know one-call-a-week phone call that we used to do back before cell phones. Mm -hmm. And a couple of days later, I got an envelope in the mail, and she sent me a check for $100. (gasps) Wow. Yeah, in the 80s. So, you know, it was worth a little more, just so I could take it and go and buy whatever I wanted with it.
0: She sounds like a peach. She
2: was, she, really, and I'm so happy talking about her right now because I am recalling things that I haven't thought about in a while.
0: Other than the the, the thriftiness, because I know you're a shopper. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what else? What? Do, any other similarities? Like your sense of humor, or um, um, her, did she have? Was oh. she? A, did she read a lot? Did she like art? Did she love music? Would you? Were your dad and she ever dance? You know, that kind of Ah. stuff.
2: Well, yes. She and my father were actually great dancers, and they would win competitions. No way. um, And my husband and I took some dancing lessons, and I don't think that translated (laughs) to the next generation because (laughs) we really weren't that good. But um, my mother loved fashion, and, you know, I think about when I was in grade school, she dressed like... Florence Henderson on the Brady Bunch, because that was, you know, that was the time, but especially when she was younger and she worked, she would tell us about, oh, I had this suit with lambs wool trim, and she just loved to dress, and she loved her shoes, even though she was a size five and was hard to get shoes, but uh, I I think we're, we're alike in that way. We really appreciate looking good
0: it's very important <laughs> my mom always was had lipstick on and her heels whenever yeah. she went out the mother of seven kids and she always looked like a million dollars when she went out of the house
2: that is unbelievable yeah. you and know but I, I think she about me as a mother of two children and know, how I, I go out <laughs> <laughs> you're adorable but uh you know I it's, it's it's hard to do anything for yourself Um, but, you know, she did everything for us. And a funny thing is when she would keep every plastic container that any food substance would come in, the margarine containers, cool whip containers, and she'd reuse them. She never had Tupperware or anything like that. And uh, even she would wash out the Ziploc bags.
0: Oh, Um, I do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh! My first choice is to recycle any plastic bag because we're suffocating in plastic. But yes, yeah, so if it's not um, real, like meat or fish or poultry, I reuse it.
2: Right, you're right. It, and, you know, if it's not something that's going to, you know, kill me if I put something else in it, I will try to reuse it. But she, you know, when I find myself eyeing a Cool Whip container with stars in my eyes I have to catch myself and say you don't have to save the
0: cool container oh my goodness you're listening to uh, my guest telling wonderful stories of her mom this is Lisa Anderson is my guest today and um, you're listening to the you should have listened to my mother podcast so are you in your lifestyle and the person the loving wonderful mother wife sister that you are are you who you are in spite of your mom or because of your mom
2: both, I think both, because because uh, she was she was a very complex woman. I don't think she thought she was, but she really was. So, I've I've learned lots of things from her, and you know, I've learned a couple of things not to do from her. So, I, I think it's both because of and in spite of
0: because of maybe her childhood, like stemming back to the Depression. It seems like she was extremely resourceful and conscientious yes. of things and that has especially yes. something like the Great Depression certainly has a lasting impression, leaves a lasting impression.
2: Right and, and you know, not that, not that you put it that way, I'm, I'm very resourceful, very resourceful. Absolutely. That must have come from her. From somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's funny cause, because she passed away two years ago and towards the end like it happens to so many she became the child and you know my sisters and I were like her parents and it was it was so sweet to see my mother i mean it was painful but it was sweet to be able to interact with my mother and take care of her like that and repay her for all the things she did
0: she took care Amazing. of us when we were babies so if we right. got that opportunity as as painful As it can be to watch them go through it, um, they become the child and we become the parent or the adult.
2: Right, right.
0: It definitely is a full circle if we are fortunate to have our parents with us throughout our life. Yeah. And I know you miss her. I know you miss Mary Jane. But we want to thank Mary Mm -hmm. Jane for having an impact not only on you and now all of us. Wonderful. Thank you, Lisa. You've been listening to Should Have Listened to My Mother. I'm Jackie Tantillo and see you next time.